As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of Pit Panther Rants and other Sports Rants podcast is brought to you by the Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. It's a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here, they're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram, type at sportsdrink, you know, just remove the vowels. All we ask is you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Welcome to another Pip Panther Rants and another Sports Rant Podcast. In fact, I'm going to stop here. All right, my Harris, your host. I think it was disrespectful for me to talk over Dell, you know, when he was rapping. You know, I mean, when you when that part comes on, you don't want me, you know, welcoming you guys to another episode of Pit Panther Rants, our Sports Rants podcast, because you know when that song when that part comes on, you want to hear Dell the Funky Homo Sapien do his thing. I mean, you don't want to hear me talk over it, which was kind of disrespectful. But Dell doesn't listen to this podcast. In fact, nobody does, so who cares? But anyways. I was trying to find some sort of a happy, uplifting song, and Annabelle Gorillas. Let me see. Clint Eastwood. Don't ask me how. I just, I mean, it's kind of happy, uplifting, isn't it? I mean, it's happy in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you're doing certain things, I mean, if you're, um, I mean, let's see. Let's take a look at the lyrics here. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. Jesus Christ, I'm singing it in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. Yeah, so, I mean, as Pitt fans, we're feeling glad, you know, because Georgia Tech is over. 
You know, we got sunshine in the bag. Well, it depends on where you live. I mean, if you're in Pittsburgh, I'm not sure if the sun's at. I'm not sure what's going on up there. What is the weather in Pittsburgh anyway? Let's take a look. Pittsburgh weather. I'm sure if I had a live podcast, you guys would could tell me. Oh, it's 56 right now. It looks like it's sunny. But it depends. You know. But the future's coming on because we got Virginia Tech coming up this Saturday at Hines. I uh, apologize for last last podcast I did when I was previewing. I thought Pitt was playing in Atlanta the whole time. And what's hilarious is I'm sitting there reading the podcast, reading the stuff. It's in right in front of my face that they're at Hines, they're at Hines or Acre Shore, wherever the hell it is. And I'm saying, hey, yeah, they're in Atlanta. Yeah, that was a pretty bad one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the future's coming on. We got Virginia Tech, who's a, sh- a crappy opponent. But then again, so was Georgia Tech. But luckily for us, Tech didn't fire their coach. Last, you know, hasn't fired their coach yet. So we're we're kind of in the clear there. But I did see that Kalijah Kansi mentioned that Georgia Tech wanted it more than them. Now, Tech is a shitty team. Georgia Tech is. They were one and three coming in that game, and Pitt was three and one. And if you're letting, if it's a pretty bad sign when a team like that wants it more than you. I mean, that's a really bad sign. And we always have these, we always have these catastrophic losses where it's like, oh, we didn't, you know, you know, where we have to learn from something. That's what I love about the staff is we're always learning from losses. I mean. That's pretty much what killed the Paul Christ era, as, as I read about in Wisconsin, was that they weren't adapting to certain things, even after, even when they were happening. And that's pretty much what happened to him at Pitt. I mean, you know, it just felt like that. It felt like you know, with him and that staff, it felt like they were always. It was like always their first week on the job. But if we if we look at the tail of the tape here, uh, let's see. The Hokies are two and three coming in this you know their schedule. Their wins are basically Wofford and Boston College. Oh, how lovely! How did they do last year? I wonder. Let's take a look. Twenty twenty two. They lost to Boston College seventeen to three. So I'm curious how they played against Signetti. Let's take a look at Georgia Tech from last year. How did they play against Signetti? Did they even play Georgia? They they did. They lost 41-30. Huh. Okay. I was looking for some sort of angle on the whole uh, Frank Cincinnati off, you know, offense, but let's see. Let's let's take a look at that box score for, for for last year. Well, they have Phil Jerkovic, who's obviously not too bad, and Zay Flowers. So I'm gonna see Boston College beating the crap out of Georgia Tech last year. Um, all right, let's go back to the tell the tape here. I was looking for some sort of angle in this, and of course, it's not gonna work. But yeah, their only wins are Boston and Boston College. They and um, 
two of the last two losses, they've scored only 10 points per game. And they lost to North Carolina 41-10, and they lost to West Virginia 33-10. So, ravaging offensively 18.2 points per game, and defensively they're allowing 22.2. But the last, the last three games, well, the last two losses, they've allowed more than 30-plus. When they're winning games, they're 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 scoring twenty plus, and they're not allowing much. But uh, yeah, offensively they're averaging three hundred eighteen point six yards a game, two hundred nine passing, hundred nine rushing. Defensively they're not too bad. Three ten, you know, they're, they're, you know they're basically allowing close to the same as Pitt. I mean they're allowing two hundred nine yards passing per game, which Pitt is allowing one ninety eight, and of course rushing yards. They're allowing 100 per game, whereas Pitt's allowing 125. So, they're actually, they're allowing less, you know, in terms of defense, they're allowing less than Pitt is, just by 14 points. Pitt's right now a minus 14 half-point favorite. The over-under is 41.5. Pitt defeated them last year, as you all know. 28-7 at Blacksburg, it was raining. The forecast for Saturday's game is going to be sunny. So I do like the over in this one. Yeah, I think this game does go over. I think Pitt does cover the 14 and a half this time around. Although I did say they were, well, of course I said Tech, Georgia Tech would cover the 22. I mean, that was a pretty, for the conditions that were there. So I'm going to take Pitt minus 14 and a half. Uh, Georgia Tech's, uh, well, Virginia Tech, whatever. What's the difference? They both. Are bad teams. Um, I'll look for Pitt to continually run the ball. They came out trying to throw last time, and it was disastrous. And I think they're well. Penner Doozy mentioned he loved how Keaton played in the second half. You know, they didn't give up, but it was pretty much garbage time at that point. And. One thing about Pitt is their offensive line was is, isn't healthy, so that's one thing that factors in. If, if they're a little bit better this uh, this game, if the, if the guys are back, or I don't know, the offensive line obviously is going to be the big big issue here because, and that you know Keelan making his reads because isn't you know he's very slow making his reads, but. I'm not sure if the receivers are doing them justice either, but you know, there's for loss like this, there's accountability, and we're obviously going to see if there's accountability. And you know, it's defense did all they could, but I think towards the end of the game, they 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 mailed it in. They mailed it in at that point. But uh, there has to be accountability on defense as well because they they've been giving up a lot of big plays this year. I mean, for as, as talented as they are. Uh, and I think last I think last game they were they were trying they were looking for pick sixes. I mean just just get the interception because we we should have really shut this team down from the get go. And if we if we intercept if we catch these passes these picks, you know this game would have been over a lot quicker. We would have actually won the game. Maybe covered that twenty that twenty something. I do feel that somebody from the receiving core has got to step up. We haven't seen anything yet, really, that's showed me that 
these guys are willing to step up. That's one thing I'm looking for here. I think in terms of running backs, we're fine. But somebody's got to step up in the receiver role. I mean, we've, we've had some plays with Gavin Bartholomew. That's great. He, you know, I have no issues with him. I would like to get him the ball more. But somebody in this group of receivers, because, of course, I mean, this was supposed to be one of the most deep, most talented um, positions. And we heard it all the time. But there's no guy in this, in this group with the, with the it factor. None of it. I mean, we had Jordan Addison, but nobody's actually realistically stepped up and said, I'm the man. And that's what needs to happen here. If Pitt's going to have to, you know, going to win this game on top of that to have any chance of with the ACC Coastal rest of the year. As they need somebody in this receiving court to step up. And I don't know. It's, and ho- I mean, a good receiver can make a quarterback's job a lot easier. Because I think if we did have Jordan Addison... I think Keaton's job would be a lot easier. But I can see why Keaton left. I mean, I can see why Jordan left. Excuse me. Because he probably would have been the workhorse. And he goes to USC where he's surrounded by other really good players and he doesn't have to do as much. So what I look for is basically why I was hoping for last week, something, something big from the receivers, which really didn't happen. It's because, well, our you know offensive line was, has been bad. Our quarterback obviously can't play behind a bad offensive line. I mean, Kenny Pickett could he could scramble and make the plays. He did. He made the adjustments needed. You know, to uh, you know, to adapt to pressure. But unfortunately, our quarterback really can't. So, I mean, our, our kind of one. It just is what it is. I'm not going to say much about the Hokies. I mean, the, Pitt's obviously, you know, they're, there's not much to say. Their offense is, is, is just bad right now. Now, one thing to think about is Pryant and, and, of course, his offensive coordinator, Tyler Bowen. Both uh, worked at Penn State. They know Narduzzi's offense. But I just don't think they know. I just don't think they have the the uh, the personnel to be able to to overcome this defense. You know, I just don't think they have it to do. You know, so that's why I think that you know, I think this there's a chance this game possibly goes over the forty one and a half. Anyways, let's move on to other games here. That's in the ACC. Louisville, Virginia, Louisville minus three over UVA. That's a a noon kickoff. That's a weird hmm. Over under this is fifty one. Uh, probably let's see here. It's at Virginia, right? Let's take a look here. Charlotte's though. Which, you know, I'm, I'm curious about this. It's going to be a sunny day out in uh, Charlottesville. But the over on this is 51. 
I'm probably hammering the. Uh, I'm probably taking the over 51 because of the offense. You know, Louisville's, Louisville's offense is pretty uh, good. Uh, UVA, I think, but their defense is kind of lacking, so I'm going over 51 on this one. And I'm probably taking Louisville minus three. Because that's, I don't know, that seems, that seems like a trap type of thing. Because um, Virginia's, you know, it's been pretty bad for the most part. Well, I can see why the Cardinals uh, are minus three because they they got they got beat by Boston College, who's been pretty bad. But they've beaten UCF, and they, you know, they're no slouch. Well, they got hammered by Syracuse early in the year, but the last uh, three games they've been averaging 30-plus, so you definitely go with the over on this. Virginia, on the other hand, has been pretty bad. But I'm just wondering, how, this, how is this game a minus three? That's got to be a trap, but I'm, I'll take the Louisville. I'll take the bait. Then again, I'm not betting on this, so it doesn't matter. Duke and Georgia Tech. Duke is a minus three and a half. Yep, you're going you're going Duke minus three point five on this. Uh Georgia Tech had an emotional win last week over uh, defending ACC champion. They're gonna be brought back down to earth. Miami, North Carolina. I'm taking USC UNC minus three point five. I uh, just you know, I'm not sure what's going on in Miami. They over under us under us is sixty eight. That's a pretty big... Well, the reason why is there's a lot of scoring here. I don't know. I think it's going to go under 66, but I'm, I would lay, I'm not touching it. Well, you know what? Let's do it. Under 66. Because I'm not, you know... Uh, let's see. Boston College and Clemson. Clemson's minus 20 and a half. Oh, yeah. Clemson's, <laughs> Clemson, Clemson's covered at 20 and a half. They're winning by three TDs. Army Wake Forest. Wake is a minus 17. Yep. Go. I like, I mean, all, with all due respect to Army. Yep. Wake is going to win that. Florida State, NC State, which the final means there's some pretty good games here in, in the ACC. Um, NC State minus three. How did Florida, well, Florida State did lose? Who they lose to Wake? But that makes you wonder how really how good is really is is North Carolina State. Well, I can see a minus three. Mm. I'm taking FSU plus three. Something about that. You know, North Carolina. I mean, Dave Doran and North Carolina State is aren't slouches, but they're usually good for these type of losses. They're they're, they're basically pit. They do this type of stuff. All right, let's go to the top 25. Michigan, Indiana. It's at Indiana, but I'm taking Michigan with the last 22 and a half. Tennessee and LSU. Ugh, the Vols are eighth ranked, and they're, being, they're playing LSU. I'm taking UT minus three. Given how, given what uh, ass clowns they acted after being us, I would, I would, I would love them from the lose. But 
It just isn't going to happen. I mean, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. TCU in Kansas. TCU getting minus six and a half. Now let's take a look at the tail of the tape on these two. Uh, let's see, TCU's last two went SMU and Oklahoma. Uh, everybody's loving Kansas in this one. I'm going TCU minus six and a half. I think I think Kansas gets brought back down to earth. I mean, it's been a great story for them so far with their winning games. Kudos to them. I feel bad if they uh, lose their coach after this year because you know how this how this uh, business goes. That's how it is. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Arkansas out of the rankings. That's a shocker. They're in the SEC. Uh, let's see. I'm taking Arkansas plus 9.5. They may even win. I, I, I would even tempt to take money line on this because Mike Leach is known for losing these type of games. Let's see. Any other thrilling matchups? Utah and UCLA. Utah game minus three. Utah Minus three and a half over UCLA. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Utah. Let's see. Ohio State, Michigan State. The last game was at 27. Oh, wow. I'm going MSU plus 27. Unless they're really that bad. Right, I'm drinking my coffee here. All right, Washington, Arizona State. Mm, I'm not going to bother with that one. USC minus 12 and a half over Washington State. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the minus 12 and a half for USC. They're really, they're just a really good team. Jordan Addison basically is, I mean, people are saying Addison wasn't getting the ball much. He's, I think he's basically their leading receiver now. Anything else? Let's take a look here. Texas A&M, Alabama. Oh, yeah. I'm taking Bama minus 24. Uh, Nick Saban's going to pretty much knock uh, Jimbo Fisher to the ground and rub his face in the dirt. And that's pretty much about it. Um, I'm not going to cut. There's a bunch of other games, but I have no interest in them. It's, what are the late night games? Because I see the 8 o'clock games, but is there anything that's... What are the Pac-12? Is there any... Oh, there is a Pac-12 after dark. Oregon State and Stanford. Hmm. Yeah, I like Stanford there. Well, at least to cover the, the seven points. But yeah, the Pac-12 after dark. That's one thing I think people are saying the Pac-12 is going to fall apart, and I hope not because the you know, the, the after dark games are the coolest thing. That's why I would love to see. It. I mean, I would love to have had you know the ACC and Pac-12 merge because Pitt at Heinz Field on a on a on a um, eleven p.m. kickoff. I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, tell the lots may be open at six o'clock at night and by. 
11 o'clock at night, you're, you're inebriated. I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I mean, that'd be, well, let's be honest. It's 11, it's 11 Eastern time kickoff for this game. And I guess it'd be eight o'clock Pacific. So, but that, I mean, I just think that'd be great. I mean, and just imagine, and, and plus if the game's over, Imagine if there's a one o'clock kickoff for a Steelers game. I mean, you're getting, you know, you can, you can, you don't have to go home. You can just get a hotel or you can just stay in a parking lot and just drink until the next, you know, Steeler game. That's basically my wrap up of the ACC top 25 for this weekend. It's October folks, which means the weather here, thank God has started to go down. You know, energy, down here, the, the, power, the power grid down here is a little different. So be thankful that you have Duquesne Light. I know a lot of you hate it, but trust me, you don't want deregulated energy. It's Well, it may be a little bit better if... Um, it may be a little bit better given the maybe your, your power grids are a little better up there. Down here with horribly bad power grids, it's, it pretty much sucks. And when when the weather's hot, it just doesn't matter. The, the demand for electricity just gets high, and yep, it just goes up. But anyways, I'm gonna stay away from that that whole topic altogether because it gets boring. Now we have to go over a few things. Well, just one thing in general uh, with Halloween coming up. You know, Thanksgiving as well, you know, all the pumpkin stuff is out. And, you know, for me, it just, I don't know, the the whole pumpkin thing has kind of ruined my, um, you know, my excitement for pumpkin pie, I guess, because that was my big thing. You know, when Thanksgiving came, I always knew I was going to eat a whole bunch of pumpkin pie. But now it's it's all out. They have pumpkin this, pumpkin that. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, been a, you know, been kind of a, been kind of a downer, but I did, I was tempted to buy this pumpkin spice creamer and well, there was two creamers. Well, there's one I may, I may look at, but there was one that was almond milk and I just, um, you know, for when it comes to creamer, I want something that's basically cream. And it's just like, I don't want, you know, I understand it's non I mean, maybe if you have issues with dairy or whatnot, but if you don't need to do it, don't do it. And I just see the ingredients, I'm like, ugh, yeah, I'm not, it's got almonds and a whole bunch of other crap. I was like, I'd rather just buy a straight creamer and be done with it. And of course, yeah, I mean, you know, I was on a kick where I was making cakes with almond flour, and of course, I gave some to my kid, and his throat started itching, and I said, "Oh shit, the almond milk, the almond milk." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I really don't need to do this. You know, if I'm making cake, I'm gonna make just actual flour. I mean, people do if that's just you know, people do it for other reasons when they when they use other stuff." 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Okay, let's get back to actual things, because I'm really falling off the rails here. But, yeah, but this going back to the whole, you know, peanut allergy thing, you know, going trick-or-treat was my, you know, my favorite thing. And, of course, I love the Reese's Cups. And now you can't give those out in schools, because there's a lot more kids with peanut allergies than there used to be, which is the oddest thing. And the, you know, is that there's, um, you know, my kids have peanut, peanut allergies. I mean, I have some peanut allergy, but I can eat peanuts, almonds, pecans, walnuts. The only thing I can't eat are cashews and pistachios. I, my, I, I have a really bad reaction to those. And to this day, I, and like I've studied it and to this day, I can't understand why, you know, why that's so. But I can eat anything else. But yeah, my you know my kids they're allergic to it, so I don't make it. But in a lot of ways, they're missing on a Reese's peanut butter, you know, Reese's peanut butter in general. And it's like a lot of schools are like that now. They don't they don't want you bringing candy any, any type of type of candy, and it's it's changed so much. You know. It's just the snacks have to be approved. I mean, you, a lot of times you can't bring in certain chips or whatnot because the oils. I mean, some kids have, you know, gluten allergies, all kind. you know, it's it's crazy. But for me, you know, for Halloween, my, obviously my favorite treats were the Kit Kats, uh, the Reese's Cups. I love Snickers. I don't like Snickers as much anymore as I used to. I used to love it growing up. I used to absolutely love a Snickers bar. But now, now as I get older, it's either a Kit Kat or a you know, a Reese's cup. I don't, I don't, you know. And of course, there was the bottle caps. You know, there was the spree nerds. I remember, you know, that, that kid who supposedly had glass in his um, thing of nerds. That was a big thing back in the day. A, you know, that was a big story. And I remember, like, when that story came out, I remember one of the kids in my class had nerds. And I remember the teacher basically confiscated his uh, lunch tray because 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 of what because of what happened on the news and she was examining his lunch, you know his his candy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean those are some of my top treats. I mean I sure I can, I can go in depth. I did love the popcorn balls. I mean they're almost like Rice Krispie treats, but they were popcorn balls. But they were like you know they were balls of popcorn. We used to get, I mean, that was, that was one thing I looked forward to when I went trick-or-treating. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into, well, maybe I'll dive into more of that, into some of the stories. But anyways, I'm rambling. Have a good one, guys. Hell to pit.